Hi guys, welcome to episode 25 of the Mummy Fat Podcast. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Comrade. How are you, Roman? I'm good, Stu, how are you? Very good. How did you feel um, about last, last, um, the last episode 24 with Matthew? That's good. Yeah? That was a good episode. Really good story. Mm. Uh, great stuff going down in Cardiff. Wales' first league. Hopefully yep. not Wales' only league. Yep. Uh, so it's a little bit about the 11 sides and the tournament that's literally around the corner. Uh, I hope you guys are registered teams for that and ready to up, up and going to come up and see us up at the Etihad in Manchester. How was your week gone, Ram? Um, week is... Week's okay. Week's going all right so far. Yeah. yeah. Still enjoying uh, Salford? I am. Double leaguing now? Double leaguing. Um, yeah. I'm just more and more warming to the guys. Love them. Love them to bits. Good. So, yeah, already. Getting the chat going on the WhatsApp. That's the key. Sharing the food, sharing the workouts. Yeah, for me, that's that's the key, yeah. Yeah. I believe you shared some of your foods yeah, did on a, there. Yeah, did a lovely beef, beef burrito bowl last night. Beautiful it was. That, full of colour that did oh, that did look good that did look really yeah, good it was tasty mate it was tasty and then I had, I had some left over I was going to uh, prep it up and put it in the fridge and Tiffany threw it away for some reason she threw your creation away I know gutted I know food down the drain was gutted anyway so episode 25 we're here with Naz who is the coach at Manby Fat Cardiff how are you Naz? good I'm very very good really nice to put um, faces to names yeah. It's nice to see you guys in well, person. Yeah. And have you down here in Cardiff? We um, it's good to put faces to names as well, actually, which is why we, we come. We rather than do things over, it could be easy to do this over Skype, wouldn't it? To, to do it and speak to loads of people up and down the country, but we like a bit more of a personal touch, don't we? Yeah, it'd be almost too e- too easy, wouldn't it? But yeah. you, you wouldn't. I don't think you'd get. I think over Skype because we have done it over Skype before mm. on other things, and I think it's too. I want to say formal mm. and maybe a little impersonal. It's, it's, this, this is just sit down, relax, have a cup of tea, chat with us. Yeah. I, th- I think it makes a difference massively as well, especially the fact that we're all part of the same system and then you, you knowing each other you know, yeah. personally you know, to, to some extent yeah, rather we, than I just mean, we, voices over the phone or a face and stuff. That's it, and we talked about that last episode with Matthew. We were like, it's so important to do these, these tournaments, uh, you know, yearly, at least yearly, if not yeah. every six months. Um, to just to get not even for players get to get us, but get coaches to know each other yeah. and see faces and and you know every league's different and every player's different and every method's different and, and things work and some things and it's good to just you know spitball these ideas about it. It's, it's really good, really important. Absolutely, definitely. Um, so let's talk about you. Let's talk about Cardiff. Sure. So uh, you are a um, PT nutritionist. Yep. You have been since 2003 or 13, is it? 2003. Long time, quite right. a long time, yeah. I think, it, I think it's 2003. Um, so what's that, 15, 16 years? So yeah, quite a long time. Yeah. Mm. So you, you, you dipped in and out, you were just telling us before we started yeah. recording, you dipped in and out of, of uh, the fitness industry. Uh, you uh, had worked for a very long time early on, and then you dipped out to the corporate side of things. That's right, yeah. 
Yeah, I, uh, I qualified as a PT back in, I think it was 2003, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, worked in gyms for a while as a PT, nutrition coach. Um, ended up getting into the management side of gyms. Moved up the ladder somewhat. Didn't really like what I saw on the back end of how things were run. Um, and I was doing things within the fitness industry that kind of went against my, against my own values and morals and the reason why I got into it in the first place. Just, just numbers and making as much money as possible, not really helping people. So I left the industry, went into the corporate world for about 10 years um, and accidentally, but gladly on the back end, kind of fell back into the fitness industry from the uh, Man V Fat forums. Um, when I was looking for help, I fell off the wagon a few years ago myself, put on about three or four stone. And I, while I knew what to do for myself, I didn't have any support and nothing seemed to exist for men. So on Google, had a bit of a search, came across the forum early days before the football existed and just found a great bunch of guys, got to know each other um, and got a lot of support that I needed. It gave a lot of support um, that they might have needed nutrition and training wise and you know, helped each other out, got me back on track and then kind of fell into the, the MVF family. Yeah, yeah. so w when, you were, when you were going <coughs> on the forums, and like I said, there was a lot of back and forth, obviously, you were looking for a bit of support. Um, when, you, when you, obviously, guys on the forum realised that you were a PT and you, and you, you were up on your nutrition and stuff, do you get a lot of questions then uh, about food and, and exercise? And Absolutely, yeah. Initially, I didn't tell anyone I was um, you know, a fitness professional. I just went in asking questions getting other people's opinions on things that I was struggling with. And then when I'd see other people asking advice on nutrition and training, I would then give advice. Um, I, I think it wasn't until Shan dropped me an inbox one time asking me, do I have any background in fitness? Given some of the advice I was given, I said, yeah, that's, that's fine. And uh, he told me, don't, you know, don't feel too shy or anything to, to help out more if I wanted to. So I, I think I created a thread, ask a PT anything, um, it's the most popular thread on the forum actually, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of pages um, and from that point people were asking me questions while I was still asking them for advice and support for my own needs and it became a bit of a thing, led to tons of inboxes and kind of spiralled from there really. You know, and it kind of, I think it really drove my fuel, my fire back for, you know, and the passion back for the industry yeah. and I wanted to get back involved but not on the corporate side of the fitness industry, just just the help inside, you know, yeah, giving people enough, tools. Yeah, one basis. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, from from then you were you, you were active on the forums. Eventually, you became a coach at Manly Fat Football. How did that sure. come about? Um, I know it, it. I I'm not sure if I was speaking to Shannon Rodge first, but I know it went through to Cardiff, and I think maybe about halfway through the season Chan shot me a message just saying how things were going down there and maybe it wasn't kind of headed in the right direction that they wanted the program to become eventually I think the plan was always to use Cardiff as a bit of a springboard for the rest of Wales but you know being the capital city and he was he wanted to know if I would be interested to train to take over it at some point um, and then Rog kind of dived into the Ro Roger Smith dived into the conversation had a few chats with those guys over over a good few weeks um, eventually, I decided, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Let's see if I can provide the guys with some help, um, which it seemed they weren't getting any nutrition and training or weight loss help in season one. And took on season one, helped the guys. We tried to turn things around, bit of a success. Um, and then 
the next season we expanded we more than doubled the club um, this past season so we're, we're at capacity now we've got eight your guys got a waiting list um, and hopefully we can keep progressing things and, and growth of the rest of Wales on the back end of that we were talking to Matthew in the last episode uh, and we were just talking about how it evolved because obviously he was there from from season one um, and he said obviously they went from you went from four teams to eight teams and we were like that's a huge jump to me mm. that's like double yeah that's like that changes everything it certainly changes your job as a coach um, and to make a success of that and then, and then to and then to now have a waiting list and still have players who, who still want to play in that eight team league and, and the eight team leagues do run better they are easier sure, to run yeah. because there's no cup competition and there's no you know it's a 14 week program uh, but to have a waiting list now you know only a year down the line mm. uh, and the first like say the first half of season one was was not what not quite where we we wanted it to be right uh, i think that's a testament to you and the players as well that you that, that at this stage now you've got your eight teams you've got your waiting list which is you know it's unbelievable really it's, it's incredible work uh, he was saying as well how it, it changed when you came on board because the advice was more nutrition based you could go to and, and talk to about um obviously about extra training and whether that be in a gym whether that be starting to jog again or football based how do you feel as though when, when you come you came on and, and obviously the, the first few months didn't go as we had planned what was the biggest turning point you saw i, I think there was there was really two elements to it when, when i decided to take on the league the very first thing uh, that i knew i wanted to do is create a club feel um, I've, I've run sports teams in the past i've run kids teams and young adult sports teams and i've i've seen how creating a club a unified club can really impact people and bringing people together and getting people to buy in uh, and have a sense of ownership so i decided that the main thing if we're going to expand and grow and be the springboard for wales i want to turn this into more of a club feel that has a league within it where everyone knows each other everyone gets along it's not just separate teams that don't speak with each other um, we've got a chat group as well as the broadcast group so the guys speak and support each other during the week um, and a testament to the lads they bought it they jumped in on it and they you know they, they understood what we were doing um, which was fantastic so now we had last season we had 40 men all supporting each other instead of just a bunch of separate leagues going to play against each other and the second part of it was we knew for this season coming up or the season we're in now we needed to expand um, obviously you only get a couple of seasons to, to to see whether it's a viable option to continue we did look at last season as the first season realistically but we decided had to chat with the guys and we decided we do need to expand for it to, to continue for the long term um, and again the guys bought in and credit to to the players themselves it's, it's not just myself i'm just one of the guys i just happen to be the coach uh, maxi david quinn james stanford and a bunch of the other lads a bunch of the captains they all went on a, a really massive heavy recruitment drive um, non-stop I think for about two months myself and those lads I mentioned there we were doing that as a day job pretty much reaching out to people messaging anyone who's commented on a Facebook advert or expressed an interest messages emails non-stop and they they, they pulled it off um, by the time registration night rolled around we had about 70 guys registered and we had enough to to permanently change things so I think we, we secured those guys full credit to them they secured the future of the Cardiff League and then hopefully expansion through Wales that um, I suppose that also 
incredible work by the guys to get to get the league going and that mm. also taps into what you said about this the shared ownership it's really important which is why we do i'll always say this is your league guys yeah I, yeah decisions we make will always run through you so one of the decisions um that that from from a coach's point of view is um was shall we increase the teams to maybe seven um we've got some guys in the way unless we could could bring them in uh could have 11 in a team and we could play seven aside and a survey went out and, and the guys decided against it so uh, we'd always give the option to the, to the players and, and constantly saying this is your league guys I'm just there to run it I'm just a custodian of it yeah completely because agree it, it, success is completely, completely based alright mm. we'll, we'll, as coaches we have a, uh, an element to play in it's success but success is based on, on, on the guys who are losing weight because they're the biggest advertisement you could ever give Absolutely. There's somebody on Facebook saying, look how well I've done. Here's my before, here's my after. I did it because I'm in a programme called Man Be Fat. And that's absolutely unbelievable for recruitment. Um, is it, how important do you think it is to get these the guys in as captains uh, to communicate with your captains and, 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 and all pull in the, right, in the same direction? Do you think that it's... The league is is is, um, is a better league because the captains are strong and the captains want to want to increase and want to lose weight. Completely, massively. I think I think it's um, it's imperative. It's one of the biggest things having captains, not so much for the football, but captains who want to. Um, we find in Cardiff most of the captains are guys who've been there for a while, who've seen how the program works. They think they can offer some more help during the sessions. There's, there's 80 odd guys. We only have a limited amount of time. I can only give. A very limited amount of personal time. I, obviously, we do the AQ, uh, the AQAs, and I um, chat with the guys privately as well. But there's only a certain amount of time. Some of the guys who have been with us for a while, who've got a bit of knowledge, they then often want to step up into captains or vice captains, and because they feel they've got something to to offer and help, um, as as well as already at that point being fully bought into what we're doing. And I think they don't see themselves as just the football coach, the, fo- the coach, the the football captain. They see themselves as people who can help new men coming in with their issues um, so there's a bunch of us really I, I know I'm officially the coach of the team um, like I said I'm just one of the lads I just happen to be the guy with maybe a bit more nutrition and training knowledge just because I've been doing it a bit longer but now some of these guys are learning as well to a certain degree and there's a bunch of us all coming together to help everyone that comes into the club so there's a lot of coaches within our club, really. Yeah. To some degree. Yeah, well, there's a lot of captains that could go off and be coaches now. Yeah. In our club, definitely. Yeah, and, and, and Matthew was talking as well. You know, sort of about um, obviously the player market role that he's took on. Sure. Another, another of the other lads have come up, but you're completely right. Like leaders within the league itself is so important to have these leaders. And and we, we were talking, and he was like, I'm, I'm so close to my. Um, to my healthy being my way, yeah. And I was, I, he said, I had a bit of trepidation, and I think I spoke to to a couple of people. I was like, "What do I do when I hit BMI and stuff?" Like that. And I was like, "You just stay on because the knowledge that you've got is, is, you know, is priceless to new guys coming in. Whether that's as a captain, whether that's just as a player in the league, or whether that's as a player marketer, it's it's massively important that that knowledge stays Absolutely. within that that league." Uh, and I'll always say, and we've always said it, is, is if, you, if you feel as though you, you are at your way and you want to stay on, you're more than welcome to stay on. How do you, do you see, obviously you, you've had an unbelievable turnaround in a year um, from a league that didn't 
necessarily start so well up to now is that capacity got a waiting list where do you see it going from here where do you see the next two three seasons going with Cardiff um, you know it's a football mad city we've got 80 guys in the club there's this scope for so many we can have multiple leagues here in Cardiff it's just keeping on getting the word out there um, by default people are joining we, we've got this club secured anyway people are joining constantly every week we're getting new guys joining the waiting list and by default you do get people leaving every couple of weeks just by the nature of you know life and work and so forth um, but I think if we keep pushing it we could have multiple leagues in Cardiff most definitely um, Newport's very close I know it's been quite a few years they haven't got off the ground yet um, but I really think if we do keep pushing it we could springboard it to Newport Swansea Bridgend um, there's, there's no reason why we can't get things going in Wales as big as it has been in England and elsewhere. It's just getting the word out there, which the club members themselves, like you said, they're advocates. So it's getting the guys in, helping them you know, get where they want to be, and then they are our advertisements. They, they go around talking to their friends and family. People ask them what they've done, doing Man V Fat. Go and check it out. They go on the website. That looks good. Is there a league near me? They sign up. So the number one thing for me is giving the guys that we have as much support as possible, helping them reach their goals. And I think just by that, there, there needs to be more than that, but just that in itself is an advertising tool. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, completely, completely. Where do you... Um... And I think obviously, touching on what you said just then about the, the captains and leadership and other coaches, I think maybe sometimes some of the guys that have been with us for a while and have had their own personal success might not realize how helpful they are to new guys coming in i think maybe they just um not by the end of mind themselves maybe they just haven't had that realization that what they know and what they've done is enough to help other people they don't need to know you know all the minutiae details about high level advanced nutrition they they know enough the basics the foundations which is what most people need just just the foundational basics for the vast majority and they understand that and not just from a, a theoretical level, but from a support level, from a mindset level, from just the experience of what it, you know, what you go through while trying to lose weight and the challenges. They, they've gone through it, they've experienced it, they can offer advice. Um, and I think a lot of the guys don't realize how big of a help they actually are to the other guys. So it's not just me, by any means. Um, it's everyone in the club is a coach in their own way. Yeah. What do you, your AQAs are absolutely legendary, I always tune in on Facebook. <laughs> oh, do you? You do them via Facebook. Sure, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> from a personal point of view, I think that's how they should be done. I think it's, it's a much better than doing it the way we do it because guys can come in at any point and they can watch that, that video, yeah. whether they're able yeah. to do it live or whether they're able to do it three, four, five hours, two days after, after the video's been posted. What's the biggest question you get asked? your AQAs off you guys the biggest do you know what I think is probably bread what can I replace bread with <laughs> which is no real answer to that um, that just highlights a, a different fundamental question where you then have to dig into what are they really asking um, which there's no real answer to that question in a nutshell but that's a good opportunity then to to find out what they're really struggling with what their real issue is um, I think for the most part the key element is understanding getting educated on the basics I mean to lose weight you know you have to you have to be in an energy deficit that is kind of the the foundational element um, and I know recently there's been a lot of talk within the fitness world that stop telling people energy deficit and calorie deficit they know that that's not the issue and I do get that it's oversimplified to tell people eating a calorie deficit it's it is simple 
doesn't mean it's easy to do. It's, it's hard to lose weight. Losing weight sucks. But for the most part, I find that people don't know that, the vast majority. Most of the questions I get, I've had a question today on my, um, on my post asking, you know, calories versus quality of food, what's more important for weight loss. So people, for the most part, I think the general public, don't actually understand the basic foundational elements of weight change, what causes weight change, um, which is lack of education, something we don't really get to in school, um, mass marketing to sell nonsense, which you've probably seen me rant about, it's, it's one of the big things I do. And not necessarily always a positive thing, but I think in a funny roundabout way, it's built trust with me by calling out so many you know, fads and nonsense diets and people who just will say anything to sell their, you know, their diet plan. Skinny teas. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I've got no problem calling things out. I always try and give more good value than you know, having a rant and being negative and calling something out. But I think it's essential because people can get caught in these loops and go off elsewhere and get stuck in this um, in this trap, and then they'll jump from one trap to the next trap to the next trap, looking for the quick fix, spending ten years looking for a quick fix, instead of um, just being taught the simple basics. You don't need to look at all the minutia. Let's just figure out the best way for you to sustainably do this, and then getting results, you know, consistently. Why do you think? Why do you think the, the industry does that? Why, do you think it's led, is that the, the diet industry is led by what people want or do you think the industry just wants to sell you? I think there's two industries. Um, one masquerades as the fitness industry. There's, you've obviously, and, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with marketing. I've been in advertising marketing a long time myself. And to get your services, if you want to help people to get your services out there, you do need to market, you need to advertise, you need to put it out to the world. Uh, but there's a difference between you know, the fitness and health industry who want to help people market their services to reach people and then people who are just marketers first and foremost who are using fitness or the masquerade of fitness to sell things under any guise without, you know, with no scruples, I suppose. Just, just to make money knowing that what you're selling isn't helpful but it'll make money and you know, preying on people's vulnerabilities. And I think the worst thing is within this industry, health and fitness, it's never a good thing to you know to rip people off and scam people. But when it comes to health and fitness, this is people's lives. You know, it's their health, it's their families, it's their time they're gonna spend, you know, being alive, seeing their kids get married, grandkids, um, quality of their life as they get older, are they gonna end up in homes because they can't, you know, walk up the stairs or get off the toilets. So it's, it's something it's I'm real really, really good on. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, directly, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and we, it really does great me. Yeah, you know, you know exactly. You're on the right podcast because <coughs> me and Roman absolutely uh, there's certain elements that we absolutely yeah. despise. Um, that it's just, and it it plays into that whole Instagram thing of uh, you know, yeah, reality stars selling yeah. you booty tea, and it's. This is me before, this is me after, and it's clearly this the, the photo is clearly yeah. taken exactly the same day. Um, yeah, and we do try and call it out as much as possible. What's the worst one you've seen? I, I think you just nailed it. There's a big thing at the moment. I haven't seen it for a couple of weeks, but that boom bod thing has been going around with all the celebs, all the um, the Love Island guys and, and yeah. stuff. Where they oh. just, just the same picture, the same day, they're just pulling their pants up and down. My seven day detox, you know? and. A lot of the time I hear people saying, well, it's people's, the general population's fault for buying this stuff. 
but again from from my experience and from what I've seen the general population don't know enough to know that that's nonsense and a fad they they've never been told what works and what doesn't work so as well as what I do I, sometimes I'll go on a rant and it's not always planned and sometimes people can take it the wrong way if I'm helping people avoid that I don't really care on a personal level I'll happily take you know um, being that guy it doesn't bother me but as well as ranting yeah you do have to give up good information at the same time as well um, but I think just giving up good information is not enough because people can still fall for the trap so when I see them I'll call them out I'll you know I think it's a, a duty that I have to do yeah to and I think this, this is, there is an element within the industry that's doing exactly the same thing mm. that I, I think it's that, <coughs> that saturation point where people are going ah, hold on I think enough is enough now um, good PCs and good and, and good trainers good nutritionists are, are, and now stand and say, listen, yeah. this is not working. This is somebody, snake oil. That's what basically yeah. is now. They're snake yeah. oil salesman. And then, yeah. uh, you know, somebody like Boombod or Skinny Scene, they'll probably make money over the next two or three years and then they'll just... Do you have to edit that out, Boombod, to not get, to not no. get sued? No. <laughs> no, we don't care. No, we haven't got enough listeners. Do you know a big one that's going on right now as well? Because um, people, the, the general population of, of starting to hear about the... Um, it's really good, actually, because a lot of the... The real fitness stuff, that the fitness industry is slowly reaching the general population, which is great, it's fantastic. And I think the general population have started to hear the words evidence-based recently, which has always been a thing in the fitness industry, um, but it hasn't really reached the public. So what I'm seeing a lot now is the, um, the scammy marketers using terms, using selling the things as science-based or evidence-based or talking about scientific research this and pretending to use research or cherry-picking research or manipulating the way research is done they'll they'll even I've seen adverts where they'll post a paper on PubMed but if you read the paper it's the complete opposite to what they're telling you in their advert but they'll post a paper they'll be perceived to be an authority um, you see people in white jackets a lot of the time which gives that perceived authority of being you know science-based but yeah so I think you have to be really careful at the moment when people are using the words science-based and evidence-based because it's become a bit of a hot marketing trend to use those words. Yeah, right now. they pose yeah. the results knowing that nobody will probably look at the results. Mm. It's, it's almost like, I was just going to say, make a football analogy now. I was, I was just looking at transfer news before yeah. the football and I said to Shu, I says, I will only be interested once a club make the official statement. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost mm. like the scientific fact. I will only be interested in something if I actually see a document that the, 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 the advert is documented by the Harvard study or whatever um, university or whatever doctors posted this with that hard evidence study. Yeah, I'm but then you've got to read the whole like, thing. That's, yeah. this is this is, this is the thing. See, with the general pub, uh, general public, how do they know who's who? You know, it's for, for me. I know who's who. Um, I, I know who the peers are and my my mentors and so forth. But the general public. Um, I see quite a lot of the time when, especially, um, I, forget, I forgot what the term is called, but when you really like somebody, and you, or you've got a fitness celebrity and you've bought into them, you might have bought their product, people will defend them to the end of the earth. Even if you provide them with information, people don't want to be told they're wrong or it's not true, so they'll defend people who are conning them, which is ironic because you want to help them, but you can't because they don't want to hear negative things about somebody they like, if that makes sense. So. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I haven't it's, figured it out. You know? It's populism, isn't it, really? It's, it's, no, no, it's really not to turn this into any kind of political debate. But it's exactly what happens, what happens in politics. Yeah. There's some people, there's some politicians who cannot do wrong. They could, they could do 
Donald Trump said he could shoot somebody in the middle of Times Square yeah. and get away with it. And that is exactly the same. I think people <coughs> buy into to, to Donald Trump, they buy into these fitness celebrities, and, and it doesn't matter what comes out and what he said, uh, whether it's fact-based fact based or not, you're not going to change somebody's opinion. Uh, and it's difficult, like I say, it's really difficult to navigate mm. what's... Because as well as the good PTs and the good nutritionists and the good the, the people who want to do, you know who say calorie deficit is the way to go and, and, and this such thing, they can only move so fast before the fitness industry t- changes. The, sorry, the, the, the snake oil sale. Yeah, exactly. There'll be something else again next month and the month yeah. after. And, and it's, it, it's, it's constant, like, it's a constant battle, I suppose. Mm. Um, I, you're right, though. I mean, what, what, the football analogy is, is perfect. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll go and read the studies myself. I'll, I'll look for that general public. Um, if they went and did that, that would be great. Obviously, you know, are they going to do that time-wise and, and so forth? It's harder to do. That would be absolutely the right thing to do. That would be the easy thing to get around this misperception. But then what you find on the flip side is these marketers provide these quick-fix things and that the guys have been evidence-based and it's easily consumed. Um, really don't know what the solution is. So all I can do is keep trying to direct people away from it while giving good information. But inevitably, people are going to get caught up in it. Hopefully, there's a solution at some point. I haven't figured it out yet myself. Well, but I think over time, build interest. People trust me now, the guys that I know. So at least they'll come to me and ask me, which is great. Do you think that education at an earlier age around um, food, nutrition, is needed in schools? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on in schools at the moment, 20-odd years since I left school. Um, but I know when I was back in school, nothing at all, didn't have a clue, you know, even even when I did my PT qualifications and my nutrition qualifications, um, the stuff I know now is what I was taught, a lot of it was inaccurate because, you know, you learn new things as time goes on and science and studies and research and um, just um, evidence or working with people themselves it's all evidence you know people plus what happens in in the lab you learn new things and theories get changed and you get proven wrong so science is it's only ever going to be the best available information we have now to highlight the highest probability there's nothing ever really black and white but yeah i mean basic education i think is the key definitely in school should be the starting point yeah i mean obviously i i i'm Last school 20 odd years ago myself yeah. um, well, I just don't feel that, that that's what you get taught I mean yeah. I'd rather somebody teach kids um, the nutritional values of certain foods than how to make chocolate brownies yeah I mean absolutely. that's just don't get me wrong the actual skill of cooking it's a very very important skill to have but the knowledge of what you're cooking how many calories in it what's good in it what's bad in it you, you know necessarily good bad because it's very black and white but mm. I, I, I um, we have kids come on to the bus uh, as an education as a part of my day job they come on oh I've been cooking today what have you been cooking and it's always cakes brownies scones biscuits and I just think oh, man, it's just stir fry <laughs> how easy would it be to get a load of 10 kids in a room and to t- teach yeah. them how to cook a stir fry yeah. rather than teaching them how to bake bread or break a cake like sure that's easy simple healthy 15 minute meals things oh. they're going to use in life oh know? no but the health and safety issue the risk assessment on that you're using a hot pan with oil <coughs> it will spit it will go into a, ca- well, a, ch- a child's eye maybe we've got a lawsuit on our hands 
Why pussyfoot? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, maybe that might that might be the case. That might be the case. I think it's the British way, though, isn't it? I think as well. Yeah, I think it's it the is. British way too. Oh, careful! But we could, you know, could get in trouble. So let's let's back away from that. And, uh. Let's see, traditionally. I mean, mm. I mean, I re- I'm pretty certain that what we used to make in school was during, I think, it was called food technology that my mother was probably making in cooking classes in school. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing, isn't it? It's scones, yeah. biscuits. That kind of Irony, right? Food tech. Let's make cakes. Nothing wrong with cakes. I mean, you can, you know, I'm not going to demonise any foods, but absolutely right when it comes to basic education and what kids get taught. When I was in school, at least it was let's make a cake this week. That was that was my nutrition education in school. Yeah. For yeah. example. How often do you make a cake? How often does anyone ever make no. a cake? Like, it's like so, like seriously, so if you were to teach somebody how to cook a chicken breast properly, yeah. or to, to you know, to 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 make to make rice, right? So genuinely to make rice, yeah. I mean, pretty much eat rice five times a week yeah like if you somebody was to teach me how to cook a nice chicken breast a bit of rice for your veg I use that five six seven times a week mm. how, how often would do that? I don't, I don't think I've ever made a cake you you probably be really shocked by how many inbox questions I get from guys when their wives are away or in work asking how to do basic cooking um, I had to and not, not to knock them at all obviously it's something that a lot of the guys have just never done before they've maybe been looked after at home went to college or some of the guys you know in the military and so, and so forth come out with the missus they cook for them not to you know be in any kind of sexist manner but these are the lives a lot of the guys I speak to have lived um, where they've been looked after as far as their food I've had to walk people through how to grill a chicken breast on a George Foreman grill for example something to me might seem mind-blowingly basic but it's just something they've never done you know like I can't I can't even imagine how somebody could get that wrong but you know you don't know what you don't know how to boil an egg um, beans on toast you know what's the best way to make beans on toast how should I toast both sides of the bread or how long do I want get questions like these yeah. you know and they sound mind-blowing but this happens you know so making cakes in school 20 odd years ago don't know how to boil an egg, grill a chicken breast, and this is not to knock the guys, but why aren't, we, why aren't they teaching guys, you know, yeah. simple basic stuff like this is how you cook a chicken breast, this is how you boil an egg, this is how you make a stir fry, you know, scrap some of the rules and yeah, basic, like basic life skills, yeah, you know. It's, it's, the most, it's the most basic <coughs> life skill, if you don't eat, you die, yeah. so we're going to teach you how to cook things so you can eat. Yeah, this is how you turn one chicken into five meals. Yeah. This is, this is how yeah, you boil rice. This is how you boil pasta. To, I'd love to go to think that schools would tell, would say, to to to, peop, to uh, pupils, this is one chicken, and I'm gonna, we're going to make five meals. I'm going to make five different meals out of this one yeah. chicken breast. Uh, this one full chicken. Mm, yeah. So we'll cut the chicken, and, and try to make be, a stock. Try to make soup. Uh, turn, it yeah. would be amazing. Not even. I wouldn't even say it that complex. Like seriously, like. Yeah, that would be absolutely Yeah, simple. I I don't need to... um, For me, I eat pretty much the same thing every day. In the evening, I have kind of this... I work at home, I have a kind of rotating thing. So I'll eat... I'm a creature habit. I'll have the same thing every day in the evening. This might be a good tip, actually. I'd say this to a lot of the guys who don't struggle with variety, who who have more of a need for routine. Um, So in the evening, I'll have a portion of protein, a portion of carbs, and a big portion of veg. And that can be anything. It could be a steak and potato with the veg. It could be chicken stir-fry. It could be tuna stuffed in a baked potato so it's it's a nice simple structure the missus once a week or so she'll come home and cook a nice really good kind of in-depth meal with all these flavors and so forth but I, I just do very 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 basic stuff every single day 
um, and I find I very ever really need to go outside of that. So simple things that could be taught in schools, you know, tuna in a stuffed jacket potato, steak and potatoes, chicken stir fry, um, chili con carne, you know, tuna tomato sauce, yeah. um, minced meat. Like, like out of that, like out of that, that one portion of, of, of mince, you could literally, <coughs> yeah. it's the basis for worth. like a cottage pie, a, a chili con carne and a, and a spag ball and you could like, literally that could be, be like ball, one yeah. lesson. Like, yeah. it's crazy how simple it could possibly be, but how they, they teach these complicated mm. scientific methods of cooking and baking and, and stuff like that, which is great. Everyone loves the slice That's great if you want to go into that stuff, mm. you know, but same as do you know that that's interesting you said that because that's very similar to what happens in the fitness industry sorry to drag you off topic but it's a good point all these kind of in-depth the science of baking and all this kind of stuff instead of the foundational basics which is what people then tend to do with fitness they go and look for the uh, the minutiae that doesn't matter because they haven't learned the basics same kind of thing they'll go looking for the best fat loss pill the best detox the best what time to eat their protein how how often should they eat per day and the best, you know, shake, depending on what time they've worked out and all this kind of stuff, without doing the very foundational basics because they haven't learned it yet. They haven't learned the basics. Same with the cooking; they haven't learned the foundation of how to fry an egg, you know, how to grill a chicken breast, we, we get, how I, to make a spag ball. I get that as a coach. I get that as a coach all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I get a guy who's been quite successful. It's his first season. Um, new team. Lost quite a bit of weight. Uh, started cooking for the first time ever. Mm. And, and one of the questions was, um, should I be tracking my macros? How much protein should I be eating? I was like, no, <laughs> forget it. Uh, you don't really need to go into that at the moment. Yeah. Are you creating a deficit? Yeah, you're tracking your food, yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just do that for now, yeah. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. And he's like, you know, you get certain questions. Should I, should I eat breakfast? One of them, and I get this quite a lot. Do we need to eat breakfast in the morning? Do you want to eat breakfast in the morning? Well, I'm never really hungry. <laughs> don't eat breakfast then. Like don't eat breakfast. Like if, if you're not very hungry, like if you get a bit peckish, eat a banana, yeah. and then move on to move on to to your lunch, and and you know, and it's like, I think people just want, they see it as a set thing of this is what I have to do, and it's mm. like, well, does it suit your lifestyle? No, well, that's one of the most important exactly. things. Yeah, yeah. If you get up and you're not hungry and you don't really want to eat breakfast, so a lot of people I know, are like I can't eat before like eleven o'clock. Yeah. Well, don't. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. Don't. Mm. Like, you know, just one of the biggest myths in, in the history of humanity, I think, the breakfast myth. And we, we've always been taught that as well. It's, it's been, um, I think, it, it stems, you know, I say the history of humanity, I think it's only about 100 years old. I think it stems, it does actually stem from Kellogg's, um, a study they did back in the 20s. And it was, and I'm not knocking the way studies are funded, because just because it's funded by a certain company doesn't mean it's not legit. You have to look at the study itself and take away. And then you compare other studies, that's when you get meta-analysis data where you can bear everything together and you can look at the, the grand trends. But it, it, it did come from Kellogg's and it was basically a promotion to eat their cereal in the morning and that's where the breakfast thing came from. But I wake up and I'm violently hungry in the morning, I need to eat otherwise I'm in a bad mood all day and I'll go on a binge at lunchtime and it'll just ruin my day. Other people are not hungry but they've, we, they've always been taught you need to eat breakfast, boost your metabolism. Yeah, kickstart your metabolism, that's yeah, what we always get. Exactly. It, it kickstart it kick your metabolism. Yeah. Just, just, just no. no so what if you work no. nights? Like your mm. body doesn't know that it's uh, this is the certain time that I have to eat. Like what if you work nights and like your your days or your evenings kind of thing? Anytime you eat breakfast, it, breaking fast. That's what breakfast means. You're just breaking fast. You you're eating after being 
asleep for a number of hours. So whenever you do that, it's up to you, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of my family, I, I'm mixed race. My, um, my father's side of the family are Muslim, my mother's side are Baptist. My little sister's fasting right now, she, she's Muslim. Um, makes no difference, she's, she's losing weight right now because she's eating less food overall and she's not eating breakfast. It's not stopping her losing weight. She's eating less calories and she's losing weight, for example. I can't do that. I wake up super hungry in the morning. Yeah, no, I'm terrible. Um, and I need breakfast. to eat breakfast. But lots of the guys in the club, they come and they do this and they're forcing themselves to eat breakfast because they've been told this myth. Um, and then I find this comes up often. They're not hungry in the morning. They'll force themselves to eat breakfast. Not so hungry at lunchtime because they force themselves to eat breakfast. They'll go home at nighttime violently hungry again and they'll overeat and eat a hell of a load of food so you know I tell them if you're not hungry don't eat when you're not hungry eat when you are hungry if that makes sense so you can skip breakfast keep those calories have a bigger meal when you are hungry in the evening and it, it's going to be less likely lead you less likely to over consume calories at night time then if that makes sense yeah but it's a big one mm. Mm. You, where do you so come many. down on breakfast from I've got to eat it. Yeah. As soon as I wake up, I've got to eat. So I'm not, so I'm yeah, not as soon as I wake up, so I'm okay. I'm within so minutes, yeah. wake up right. and I'm not to the bad. cupboard. Like I'll, I'll train in the morning and then I'll go and have a shower, then I'll get to work, and then about half eight, nine o'clock, then I'll be like, yeah, I'm hungry now. I'm going to get some porridge or something. Oh, when, I was mm. when I was training, when I was back at Connors, when I was training, I'd, 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 I wouldn't eat until I got half post, yeah. uh, post-workout. But regimented during the week, I'm up, I'm eating. Mm. During the weekend, like Saturday morning, I'll go play football and I'll eat after. Sunday morning, I won't eat until lunchtime. I'll have brunch on a Sunday. Yeah. Because I just I find it into a routine. I'll have a, a mediocre kind of brunch and then the same dinner. Yeah, okay. So I won't eat. Mm. So Very similar to, to what I do. So I'll have, two, I'll have two meals a day on a Sunday and two meals a day on a Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love a brunch meal, so, but if, if I'm having yeah. a brunch, I'll just, I won't have any lunch. I'll just have one, yeah. the one meal. So I'll have, but Monday to Friday, I'm three meals. But yeah. Saturday to Sunday, two meals a day. You let the rains off a bit. Similar yeah. to what I do, I've got a bit of a, a structured routine, but I, yeah, I need to eat first thing. I get up about five in the morning, usually five, 5.30, and it's the f I'll go to the bathroom, um, you know, use the bathroom, take my weight and measurements and whatnot. I do that as a routine. Um, and then kitchen, eat food. Still half asleep, can't function, can't talk, can barely see, and I'm eating food first thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm, you, you can train yourself to adjust your hunger to a certain extent. Um, intermittent fat or just not eating breakfast is intermittent fasting really um, over time a few days time for some people a few weeks you can train it to a certain extent you can train you can manipulate your hunger within reason um, depends on your activities and you know, how much energy you're using and so forth as well I've tried it quite a few times over the years I always like to use myself in it as a guinea pig to experiment with everything just doesn't work for me I just can't function without eating first thing in the morning uh, but same on the weekends I'll try to um, push it back as far as I can just to give myself a bit of a social buffer for me and the missus have people over and we have a few drinks or you know in the evening or we end up going out randomly so I'll try to hold her off a little bit moody as hell in the morning but you know some people it works for them some people not but that's that's yeah, well, just like you said um, what works for the person you know find what works for them get the foundation in place and then you move the foundation around the person, what works for them. If somebody's doing something they hate, you know, they're not going to stick for it, uh, to it for long. They might do it for a week or two. They might force themselves through it with willpower. And then they're going to fall off, probably feel guilty about 
what they've done, feel bad about themselves, have an on or off mentality instead of having kind of a, I like to think of things more in a continu continuum, continuation, um, good, bad, you know, we could be better or it could be worse. There's, there's no good or bad, it's just let's try and move up one notch better. But yeah, it's all about, sorry, I'm rambling now, it's all no, about it's fitting it around, around the person so they can yeah, do it for life. That, that on off you know? mentality, yo-yo dieters particularly, <clears throat> I've got that switch. Mm. I remember I, having tried diets previously, definitely had that, oh, I'm on, I'm on plan or I'm off plan. Well, you're always on plan technically, aren't you, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say good for the person, is that necessarily good for the body as well? Because it's two, two different things. Good for the sure, person, yeah. eating habits, yeah. but you could be eating things that aren't maybe good for the body. Mm. So is that kind of two effects at the same time where you need to kind of address yeah, so them? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. So, in in the grand scheme of things, you know, you have to help, you have to take health into effect as well, not just weight loss. I mean, the research and the science says you can eat anything and lose weight. You know, you can for anyone that listens, you can just Google the Twinkie diet, for example. You can lose anything and lose weight. Doesn't mean you should, though. It's not. I mean, if yeah, Twinkies are awful. Let's be honest. With you. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I'm not a fan of Twinkies. Bloody <laughs> disgusting. But you can do it. You can eat what you want and lose weight. But um, if you're, you know, not eating mostly nutritious, healthy, filling foods, you're probably going to suffer with nutrient deficiencies. You're probably going to have poor health. You're probably going to lose a lot of lean mass. So when you lose weight, you're going to lose weight is everything going on with your body, not just body fat. So you're going to lose, you know, bone tissue, organ tissue, um, your water, blood, stored carbohydrates, um, muscle tissue. So if you're prioritizing health while losing weight, then yeah, that's absolutely going to be in the best case scenario. You're going to lose mostly body fat. You're not going to be nutrient deficient. Um, you're going to feel better, look better, live better, perform better. So absolutely, yeah. So health has to be a priority with weight loss for me at the same time. You know, Sometimes there's a time and a place to push it for a small amount of time, a week or two maybe, depending on the person, situation and you know the environment they're in. But definitely not for the long term. You know. Yeah, I think it's a scale, isn't it? You have to weigh up. Mm. You know, long term, obviously, the more nutritious foods you eat, um, the better your body's going to function. Yeah. But if you somebody's, which is why certain diets uh, do work short term. You know, mm. the, the meal replacement diet. Somebody's got to lose weight for an operation, and they've got to lose two stone in like yeah, three weeks. Exactly, yeah. and they're they're twenty five stone, mm. putting them on a meal replacement. Comparing that against having circumstantial, food doesn't really matter, does it? Um, but long term, obviously, you wouldn't want to be on that diet, would you suppose? Yeah, in the long term, the grand scheme of things is, you know, it's lifestyle. In that situation, a medical situation, where you might be going to have an op, you need to lose this amount of weight fast. That, in the grand scheme, it's probably not going to affect their habits and what and their education on nutrition and exercise. They might not take anything away from that, but it's just it's a necessary thing they need to do right now for that situation. Um, people who don't need, you know, that kind of uh, an operation or are not in that circumstance at the moment, when they adopt these principles or, you know, a fad diet, um, and I'm not knocking fad diets, you know, you can do anything you like if it works for you, but if you do something for the sake of it to get rapid results and you don't learn anything along the way, you don't take these things with you, when you get to your goal, you know, what do you do after then? What are you going to do? How, have you learned anything? Do you know how to stay in your, your, your new weight? Um, and for the most part, you, people always say diets don't work. Diets just, if you eat less food, you lose weight. That's what a diet is. Um, for the most part, what 
the studies and the research seems to show is that maintaining your weight after a diet is where failure occurs, the bounce back after a diet. So tend to be pretty good at losing weight actually for the people who you know, can do it for the most part. Pe most people do tend to have some success, but they either don't maintain it, um, they can't stick to it, or they get to where they want to be, close to it, and then they can't maintain their new body. They bounce back to their old body because they haven't learned anything. They haven't taken any skills with them. They haven't acquired any skills to, to, um, to be able to stay in their new body, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, maintenance is... A lot of people will say, like, say it's, it's harder than, than actually the, the process of losing weight. Mentally, there's a barrier there as well, um, if, if you know what I mean. Self-identity can be yeah. a big thing, Yeah. huge I thing. I, I, I have that myself now when I was overweight a few years ago. Um, sometimes I feel embarrassed taking off my shirt. I'm pretty lean at the moment, so I'm, you know, I'm, well, I, I've been leaner, but, and that's within me, you know, somebody who, you know, I'm not overweight at all super healthy BMI um, and a lot of the guys who are on their maintenance right now in MVF they, they still have this thing in their head that they see themselves as an overweight person um, which is going to take time to overcome some of the guys you know that might always be there it's still with me to a certain extent um, but I think that is the importance of acquiring skills being able to trust that you can do this as well some of the guys like Maxi for example um, James Stanford I'll, I'll name another lad they've learned skills and habits over their time they now have new bodies and they well you know they, they might still have some of these issues as well but they know they can trust themselves to maintain their new bodies they've acquired skills and they they you know they've they've become they've learned from the process if that makes sense you know yeah. not just going to bounce back because they're different people with different bodies now to a certain extent yeah and it does i think it does um, particularly if you if you your mental health is, is affected by by your weight i think going through that change i think there's got to be a change physically yeah with your body mm. with your your your, your fat percentage your bmi i think changes like that but it's also got to be it's important that there's also got to be a mental change as well Absolutely, yeah. to maintain it to to, to and like you say you might ne never perceive yourself as being um a healthy weight and you might have issues and hangups about your body but i think that's pretty common mm. no matter what size weight shape you are um, but I think the switch that goes off in your head like say to to realize that actually I do trust myself to yeah, maintain key. this weight mm. from a personal point of view one of my biggest fears is hitting a healthy BMI or hitting where I want to be weight wise happy with my body and the fear that it comes back that sure. is, a, is a huge fear that I have is that I'm going to wake up and it's, it sounds completely ridiculous I'm going to wake up and be fat one day. I'm just going to wake up one morning and be like, oh shit, I'm 22 stone again. How's that, how's that happened? And it's ridiculous. But I suppose it, it, it's a real thing. Lots of guys suffer with it. Something I do quite often in, um, with the guys in our club is I will get them to take diet breaks. And I know it kind of flies in the face of the point of the scoring system. But if the main point in the creation of Man V Fat and why we're all here is to help guys lose weight, my main philosophy is to facilitate their long-term lifestyle. So sometimes, even though they might want to come in, they might want to hit that number and score a goal for their team and yay and all this, um, I'll tell them it's time to take the foot off the gas. It's time to take two weeks off. Um, let's go back to about your maintenance calories if they're tracking. If they're not somebody who tracks calories and they get stressed out by numbers, we'll just say, let's take a break for two weeks. Um, you've got some habits. Trust yourself with those habits. Let's check back in next week. 
see where we are and then over a week or two I find most of the time they'll maintain give or take because weight loss and your weight is always going to fluctuate you know a few kilos here and there um, and for the most part they maintain their weight even without tracking which means they've acquired the skills and I do that for two reasons to give them well three reasons to give them a mental break uh, a physiological break and then also just to show them that they can trust themselves when they might have not realized they were in a, in a position to trust themselves. Really powerful, so that, that's really powerful. That's, then over yeah. the months and weeks, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, because I suppose um, what, what tends to happen now is you, you have that break between seasons and I think a lot of guys are like, yeah, I get a date, and they, they, they just go mad rather than saying actually, yeah. Use that as a break to try and maintain your weight and, and see whether the skills that you've learned over the last 14 weeks you can put into place exactly. in the next two yeah. weeks, maybe it's a week, you know, rather than just go mental. I so. think even especially, the reason why I do it during the season, are, are valid points, obviously, definitely when there's a break, perfect time to do it. Um, the reason I do it sometimes during the season is to, to show them that it's not always the right time to be trying to lose weight as well. I know it's a weight loss organisation, I get that, but depending on the circumstances, um, I'll give you an example. We've got a lad in the group called, his name's Shami, great guy, he's been with us for a start of this new season. First few weeks when he joined, he just quit smoking. Um, and as we know, typically smoking, uh, quitting smoking and weight loss or weight gain goes hand in hand. People tend to eat more when it goes up. Um, so what we decided to do for the first few weeks is all his focus was on the smoking, that's it. I think if he was focusing too much and stressing out over diet and food and fitness, the smoking might go out the window. Just the one big habit, what's the main thing he needs to deal with right now? Just the smoking, come in every week, speak with the guys, be part of the community, check in, do your weigh-in, just get that consistency so you're building that habit um, and we'll try and maintain weight at best while we can. Get the smoking sorted, build the routine, the habit, come in, check in, we'll maintain weight for now managed to smash the smoking because there was no distractions and now ever since he's going down every week on the scale absolutely nailing it I think because he focused on his one big rock at a time instead of trying to jumble a bunch of different ones and going up and down and getting lost and um, he, he might have done really well who knows but I've seen in the past where people can be a bit all over the place when they're trying to do multiple things at the same time so we decided one thing at a time gone perfectly and yeah, that's really amazing. Good. Even during the season, while other guys are trying to lose weight, for you, it just might be, you might need a week or two where your focus is not losing weight and you might need to have a break for any particular reason and trust yourself that you can have a break in the midst of while you think you should be dieting as well. Yeah. If that makes sense. So trying to pull people away from dieting sometimes, which might sound ironic. You know. yeah, I, no, I don't think people should always be living, you shouldn't live your life in a caloric deficit. You know, it's a tool to lose weight. Eventually, you want to be able to live without dieting, right? You want to be able to live normally, probably for most people, without having to track calories or think about food 24-7, to be able to live normally, eat food you like, doing fundamental basic habits by default, you know? Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. No, that's completely not right. And I suppose that's looking at the bigger picture and saying, you know what, if you don't lose weight for a few weeks, that's okay. Mm. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, because, exactly. because what we'll do is, in, in 12 months time you'll be where you want to be mm. you'll be close to where you want to be or you'll just be better than you are now mm. you'll feel better about yourself it's big picture thinking sometimes I suppose yeah get it quite a lot with, with some of the guys coming in they haven't lost weight for a week or two 
Which is fine, that happens sometimes. Even if you're doing everything right, sometimes your body is just gonna say, no, not this week, thanks. You know, it's not a combustion engine, it's a biological machine, but even then they'll come in two weeks, no weight loss, and they'll say, I feel fine, clothes are thinner, which means they're losing body fat, so it doesn't matter. Feel fitter, running around the pitch, better in the gym, new PR on my running time. It's like, great, this is amazing, that's, that's perfect, and that's, that's exactly what we're looking to do. It's not all about what that number on the scales is. Yeah. There's so many different um, variables you can yeah, look at, and how you feel is, is a huge one. That's, you know? that's a big one. We, uh, we've got, uh, I have a, a, a player in, in Salford um, who has done quite well for the first club seasons, uh, started to train for the first time ever. He's got a personal trainer, just lifting weights, his Instagram videos are amazing. Um, he's absolutely covered, covered in sweat, and you know, he's a bigger guy, and he's covered in sweat. And he's just what an inspiration to, to be able to do that in a gym mm. at his size and do that and, and train like an absolute beast. And he's like, my, my food's not great anymore. And I was like, man, like, are you putting weight on? Not, not really. He's at a level. Let's get the training. Let's get into the routine, the routine of the training, and we'll, we'll deal with the food later on once yeah. you're into that routine. Uh, and he's like, yeah, well, I never thought about that. I was like, oh. so Just that one thing, build that one habit, yeah. make it your normal. Now, after you know a month or so, you don't have to think about it. Now you can add something else. Make that your new normal. Now you do that by default. Now you can add something else. You know. Yeah, so it's habit stacking. I'm a, big, mm. I'm a big fan of habit stacking habits on top of each other. Yeah, time. same. Yeah. Uh, and then you don't realise that you're doing it. It's just part of what you do. Exactly. Habit loops, I think, are a big thing as well. I'm not sure if you heard the term habit loop, where you know action trigger reward and all that kind of stuff um, a lot of the time people do have habits that lead them to overeat and whatnot so sometimes we'll just break I find breaking habits you can create new habits which you find but breaking existing habits are really really tough so what we'll do we'll just swap something within the habit um, for example um, somebody comes home every night they get in put the bag down first thing they do is pick a cup of tea grab the bag of chuck from the fridge Said, oh, actually, speaking to somebody about two days ago, I forget who it was. Um, big thing comes in, big bag of crisps, sits on the sofa, watches TV. So what he's done is he's bought a bunch of like low-calorie crisps. Habits the same, goes in his house after work, stressful day, says hi to the missus, grabs a bag of crisps, sits down, watches TV. The habit's the same, so there's no struggle with trying to not do that, that he swapped that big bag of whatever crisps, Doritos or something, with something else, lower calorie, not a big change. Uh, but it's enough to make a difference on that, you know, the, the energy balance level. He hasn't got to spend much time thinking about or having that struggle with, oh, I, I don't want to eat these crisps, I've got to force myself to stay away. So there's, there's no battle that we've made a change, for example. So habit loops, yeah, big thing. That can be, yeah. um, I suppose the big thing is that is, is identifying, oh, these are, I do do that every single, I do do that every day, you know, and I do do that, that is a habit that I could, break and identifying those habits and saying yeah this is when I do tend to eat more yeah, calories than yeah. what I want and what happens before then mm. sometimes it's what happens up leading up to that point what, yeah exactly you have to change yeah. it's really what happened during the day or what happens before then if it's a not if it's something they do every day typically it's a routine so what what do they do because directly before then whatever they're doing is probably the trigger which just by default without them thinking is the thing that makes them go and grab that thing from the cupboard or the fridge you know, so maybe if somebody comes in every night, first thing they do is um, sit on the sofa, grab a bag of crisps. Maybe the first thing they do is maybe get home, pee bag down, go for a 10 minute walk. Now you've changed that routine, changed yeah. that habit. But you, you'd have to 
put willful effort into doing that because that would be something different. But you know, over a, yeah. a few weeks, like that could become a new you're habit. You come in from work, you, you tend to put your bag down, grab a bag, Chris, in front of the telly. Maybe something mm. as simple as go and have a shower. Yeah. Rather than yeah. have one just before bed, yeah. go and have a shower, and that would yeah. that would break that habit. Absolutely. What do you? Um, what I, I, I don't want to like you say. I don't want to demonise any foods, but what? What food do you actively avoid? Do I actively avoid um, anything with dairy? I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't have. I, I can eat dairy, but it's not very nice for people around me at the at the time. You know, within within about a two mile radius. <laughs> so any, anything with dairy for me. What's what's some good dairy alternatives? Because I know it. A I lot typically of, a lot just, of guys don't, will just don't like, bother myself. No. Um, I, it, it's never been a big part of my diet anyway when I used to eat it. I, I didn't realise for a long time I was lactose intolerant. Only a few years back actually, and I, I played around with a bunch of different FODMAP type foods, like foods that can cause, uh, don't digest well and inflammation and, and so forth. Um, and for years I, I suffered with kind of bloating in the stomach and gassy feelings for years and years, and I thought it was just me. And I was playing around with some, some different foods, eliminated dairy for a couple of weeks, reintroduced it, did that a few times over and then then when I you know looked into family history realized almost everyone on my father's side of the family has the same thing just never spoken about it um, so for example I, I use a lot of whey protein just because it's convenient um, so I have to use isolate whey which they've they don't remove the lactose they put the enzyme lactase into it so my body being lactose intolerant I don't produce an enzyme called lactase which digests the sugar lactose um, in dairy, so they just add it to it. More expensive, but you know, better for me and the people around me, I suppose. I think it's quite important to experiment mm. with, with certain foods when you when you're looking to to change things up. Uh, we would uh, we had a guy on a couple of podcasts ago, uh, Josh, who lost 50 kilograms in a year. It was a catch-up podcast, and since uh, since he'd lost the weight, he found out that he was um, he was celiac. celiac. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And he was like, I was probably always celiac, but when I was 50 kilograms yeah, heavy, you just deal with it. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot with guys who were, who were quite overweight. They, the, the feelings, they just kind of normalise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking it's important to maybe cut some certain things out and see how you feel. Oh, do you feel yeah, they, they, they call it an um, elimination diet. So if, if you typically, if you had you know, any kind of issues bodily where you know something that you think might not be normal for me i didn't realize because i'd just been like that my whole life and i thought that that was just normal that's kind of how i was but you know, i suppose a lot of guys get that but if you suffer with anything you know digestive related wise where you feel like you've got something fermented in your stomach that hasn't digested causing gas then yeah you are probably probably eating something that just doesn't digest in your you know your digestive tract to some extent so um the whole food testing thing for the most part is nonsense there's not enough backing for it yet it's it, it's a bit of a fad that's come into play recently where there's just not enough evidence to, to support it at the moment at least anyway but what you can do you can look at your diet what you typically eat remove some things reintroduce them a week later play but it'll take a bit of time and then you you know you probably get to the bottom of it, what's yeah, really going on. I suppose it's why it's important to track your food so you know exactly mm, what you're yeah. eating. Oh, actually, on Wednesday, you can look I, back over things. Yeah, then on Wednesday see, I felt you know, a little bit, yeah. a little bit bloated, and I did do on Tuesday. What did I have that was different? Oh, well, I've had bread, or I've had you know, I've had five coffees instead of just my usual two or something like that. Gives you empowerment, I think, having some form of track. I know some guys don't like to do it because the mental aspect, but even for the short term, 
tracking calories or not tracking calories it can freak people out just tracking food what you've eaten for a few weeks you've got something to look back over it can empower you it can it can make a lot of guys realize how much they're eating without knowing portion sizes and whatnot um, so yeah I think it can really it's, it's a good empowerment tool to have definitely yeah what's uh, who do you think's good to who do you think we talked about you know fitness industry and and uh, fitness like celebrities and stuff like that. Who do you think it's good to follow, apart from yourself, obviously? For, for me, um, most of the guys I follow are kind of peers in the educational side. So I think most of the, most, and I don't mean to say this the wrong way, but most of the general public wouldn't recognize the names. Just be, going back to the marketing thing, most of the guys at the upper end of the, the peer side of the, the scientific industry, they're not marketers. So their information very rarely reaches the public, um, which is where the problem is. The marketers know how to reach the public, the fitness industry experts, uh, fitness experts, so their priority is not marketing, which never gets to the public. So my whole thing is trying to facilitate that kind of meeting in the middle. Um, Jamie Alderton, one of the best, best in the biz, great guy to follow. Definitely link him up. He's got a, his site trained with Jay. Um, Seen him speak a few times. He's, he's a PT. He's yeah, one of the best. Matt McDonald uh, runs Mac Nutrition University. Super guy, amazing, hilarious, hilarious guy as well. I'm going to one of his talks. Met him a few times. Going to one of his talks next month here in Cardiff, actually. Um, I'll put this out there to the guys in, in, in the Cardiff group as well. James Smith over the past year or so has been making waves, big waves, fair play. We're, we're, and we're big fans of James Smith. Yeah, he's he's yeah. relatively, I don't want to say new to the industry, um, he's, he's been around for about five years or so, but the past year or so he's blown up. Um, just, I think his main thing is calling out industry charlatans, which is great, you know, and kudos to the guy, he's a massive successor, he's got the personality to to, to blow up the way he has, and you know, fair play to the guy, well done. Yeah, I think one of the big things about James Smith is, um, it's willing to, 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 to learn as well, I think. Yeah. I think he, yeah. He's not yeah. like in that mindset of like, this is exactly how it is, and if any new information comes to light, I'm mm. just going to dismiss it. That's um, the thing. I think to be evidence-based, science-based, you have to be willing to say, yeah, well, I don't know everything. What I'm saying could be wrong. Um, and to, you know, have your values and morals. But then to say, when you've learned something new that contradicts what you've said before, is to go and say, right, I've learned this new information, or I've, I've seen this has changed my opinion, this is where the current massive evidence is directing us to, what I've said before was incorrect, so it's, this is probably the case now, and I'll tell you more when I learn more, if that changes, I'll let you know, you know, instead of being, instead of being religious about things, you know, about specific, yeah. keto's the best, paleo's the best, this diet is the best, if somebody prefers doing those approaches, I'm not against, when I say fad diets, you know, if you enjoy doing those things and they make it easier for you to stick to, my whole thing is I like people to understand why what's working is working for them. And then you can go and take your own approach, do whatever works best for you. But instead of being religious and then you go and tell everybody else, you need to do this diet because this is the one that works. You know, so being yeah. willing to be, like you said, James Smith, sorry, got off topic again, but awesome. willing to be wrong and to say, yeah, okay, don't know yeah, everything. I think, I think willing to, to change because in new information does come to light and, and, and different methods come and, and some good, works and yeah. some doesn't and you have to be open to that I think else we'd all be you know living off the ration diet wouldn't we <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is the best kind of diet that you know wouldn't try new things 
So you... um, uh, one last name, actually. Uh, you, you know, I mean, most people don't need to follow a bunch of different people. I do. I know quite a few of the guys in the industry as well. And I, I just like to get as much information as possible so I can digest everything and give out kind of the simplified version of the, the main narrative of it. Um, but for most people, you know, a few simple top tier guys, James Smith, Maz McDonald, Jamie Alderson, Lane Norton is definitely somebody I would say most people should be following. PhD, he's a scientist, competitive bodybuilder, power lifter, calls out industry charlatans, but also gives a ton of really good solid information. Researcher himself as well, um, willing to be wrong. He was on a podcast with Joe Rogan a couple of weeks back. Um, a couple of months back, actually, something good to look out for. Think about it, right? Think about it. Listen to that podcast. Do like a Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. So yeah, do I like, you, do I like you Joe Rogan, Rob? No, but that sounds similar to something I, I've listened to. Like, but I can't remember what it was. It might have been Joe Rogan. It's about it's about was it about a bodybuilder who. No, that was a Jay, that was Jay Smith podcast, wasn't it? Was that was that a James Smith podcast about a bodybuilder and he. And then he got injured and... He got tested, didn't he? Uh, yes, sunny, he did. Sunny, uh, I'm all sweaty, excuse me, guys. Sweaty and smelly today, yeah. 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 Right, okay. That was his, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But that's why, yeah, we do follow James Smith. He's pretty... Yeah. So your your website, www.bodywarrior.net. That's right, yeah. I, I'm cur- at this moment in time, while we're recording this, I'm currently building it. Um, a few years ago, actually, on, on the forums, I put a series together, a nutrition masterclass series with four videos, one basically walking people through calorie deficit just showing people how um, how things work and everyone on the forums loved it and I thought right this is great so then I made part two part three and part four just walking people through how it works how to set up your diet and I think it caused a lot of um, clarification and clarity for people then I made written versions as well and it was on my old site so I'm I'm recording a new one as we speak and it'll be on the site for free you know you won't have to opt into anything won't be for sale you'll just be a nice education piece for people to go to as a staple to learn the basics as well. Good, and that's www.bodywarrior.net. That's right, yeah. yeah. We'll check that out. Indeed. Naz, thank you very much. Oh, You've been an absolutely wonderful guest. Before we go, I've got Sorry, a... sorry, Roman stepped yeah. on your toes there. God, I've got a little question for you. Shoot. No, it was, it was so we <coughs> had Matt on um, last episode, and he was saying, um, obviously you've changed his way of thought about food a hell of a lot, and... He, was, he mentioned something about the different ways and he mentioned something that kind of was poignant to me and when he has like sugar downs and things like that and he wants something for um, not so much like dizzy spells but when he's got no no energy or whatnot you, you, were good, you were good at directing him what foods to have or you know from to stop them quick fixes if you were like to stop going for a, yeah. a Snickers or a, or a Mars bar what would you say if you're feeling that level of energy dip and you go in I don't want a chocolate bar. What could I have? Sure. Um, I would go a, a step before that. I would say to get to that stage, that means something else needs to be addressed before that ever happens. So if you're finding that is a regular occurrence, that is means something is going on during your day that maybe you're not addressing. Are you, are you, are you skipping breakfast and then getting to 10 o'clock and finding that you're crashing, you're low on energy? Um, maybe you needed to eat a late breakfast or maybe you needed to take some fruit with you for the day or a bar of something have it handy in your pocket and ready to go for when you are hungry so you're preempting that coming up especially if it's something that happen, happens often then you're going to know right about 10 11 o'clock i'm going to feel a dip same in the evening if you're um doing sports in the evening and you're getting low on energy afterwards 
Are you, you know, do you need to be taking a sports drink with you to get hydrated, get your electrolytes in? Some of the guys, one guy in particular within the club a few weeks back, he was doing hours and hours of exercise per day. So point is proceeding, needing that fix for when you're low, why is that happening in the first place? That's my point. So I would always, before I give anyone kind of the answer to the thing they want to know or they think they need, there's usually something before that that needs to be addressed. You know, so most, I find most questions, there's usually something deeper before them. And most of the answers I give are typically not what people want to hear because I'll go two or three stages beforehand, if that what makes sense. What time do you get, do you feel you get that low from? Uh, mine's about the four o'clock. Mm. So, because I'll, I'll eat, I'll eat, well, right now I'm, I'm in the lazy kind of category right now, so I'm getting okay. up at nine o'clock. I'll have breakfast by half nine. Go to work, but I'll eat, work, I'll eat lunch at like, so 12, uh, no, half 12. So I'll, I'll finish eating by one o'clock. But then I won't eat until my dinner. Right, okay. Uh, I'm a tea at night, so I'll have eight o'clock at night when I get home from work. So I've gone yeah, seven hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll dip. Yeah. So I have a half two break and a half to, uh, and a half, and a, and a four o'clock break. So my half two break, I'll generally have coffee. Just keep me going. But then I don't want to go with coffee at four o'clock because it'll mm. keep me awake at yeah. night. But then there's a vending machine at work. I'm thinking, I don't want to go vending machine. But then sometimes there's fruit on. I'll have a banana, but sometimes I'll have a banana as soon as I'm getting to work. Sure. So I don't want another banana, but then there's like oranges and I'm not really a fan of orange. And I'll have, a lapel, and I'll have apple with my dinner. So what else can I eat for variation? And I'll always look towards the vending machine. So it's like... Convenience, environmental factors as well. They can yeah. play a big part. Because they, they can take over and trump kind of... They can take precedence if, if convenience is there right in front of you. That, that's a hard thing to do, to be honest with you. If you're hungry and low on energy and the convenient thing is right there, that's, that's literally, you just described the world that we live in, the yeah. common world right now. Convenient, highly calorific, highly palatable foods everywhere, right in front of us for easy consumption. And that's, that is a, like a, a very um, good explanation in a way of the world that we live in right now. What I would say is, are you, are you actually hungry at lunchtime when you eat your food, first of all, or is that routine-based? I think that... Could you, do you push know that back later to... It's strange because I shouldn't be because I've had, like, two hours before, I've had something to eat, so mm. I, sh I shouldn't really, but that I get hangry because yeah, I know okay. dinner's coming up. I'm like, right, I just want, I want my break, I want my break. So I think it is routine. It sounds a bit, yeah, like a psychological thing and a bit of a routine thing but as then well. But then I can go seven hours without eating mm. because I know that the next big meal is going to be... What, what would happen, for example, I'm just playing around with some, some ideas now, what would happen if you, you know, you said you, you take a banana or you have a snack, what would happen if you maybe tried to switch that before your dinner and you had that craving taken away, you've had something, you've satisfied something, you want some food, you've got that coming up, now you've had that kind of quick fix, something that could maybe possibly satisfy the mental aspect, giving you another few hours to have lunch later in the day, two or three hours later, which then could maybe tie you over until you get home later at night. Um, I think with these situations, there's never going to be anything black and white. It's the case that you're going to have to play around a little bit, try a few different things, see what works, understand it could be a psychological thing, it could be just a routine habit-based thing, it could be a legit hunger thing. Um, so there's always a few things to, you know, like with Maxi, for example, we tried a few things over a few different scenarios and ideas over the days, try a few things, see what works, and then when something nails, you're like, right, yeah, that works for me. I'm going to keep doing that. Um, something... Uh, do you know, it, it's not really on topic, but it kind of played into it a bit when it, when it came to the craving side of things. Um, somebody I was working with quite a while ago was would 
eliminated chocolate from his diet completely. Suffered extremely through the week with cravings. Sometimes in the evenings we'd go on a binge. On the weekends for definite we'd go on a massive binge, like bags of big boxes of chocolate and just eat the whole thing. Um, not that he was hungry, just had the craving for chocolate throughout the whole week, feeling so deprived. What we started doing instead was every evening, just tested some, some things out and we would say he's gonna have a couple of squares of chocolate every evening, two or three every evening throughout the week. Completely game changer for him. Lost about 30 pounds over the next few weeks. Got rid of the cravings. Didn't need the chocolate per se. It was just the the restrict, yeah, the restrictive nature. Let's say was causing cravings over the week. So we just eliminated the cravings by implementing that in, for example. So sometimes, point is, sometimes maybe you could feed into your craving slightly to get rid of what the craving could cause in the long term. If I'm explaining that right, yeah. You know, sometimes I get things in my in my head and it, I can't get them out the right way. I want them to. Uh, I think to I, I think yeah. I kind of recognise that because when I'm at home and I've eaten my tea, mm. I'll I'll generally want something sweet. So what I do is the Aldi I do them little bars of chocolates with a little the dark chocolate. So I have like nine percent cocoa, and I'll have one of them, and automatically it's giving my sugar craving. I want to say my sugar, my, yeah, I'll, no, the yeah. placebo, it's should we say, the sweeter. I, I suffer badly with it myself. Um, but it's, it, but it's from because of eating that, it stopped me from wanting anything else to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah. And mm. it's then readying me, readying me, to go to bed. Mm. So I just want to go right. No, time to relax now. I think recognizing these things about yourself are key as well. Um, they're the things we don't often notice about ourselves. But when we take that step back, like you said, making um, notes, keeping a track of your diary, having a look over things. When did I have this? Right, I was doing this. I was eating this food. And then you can recognize these patterns. Big thing I try and do with the, with the guys at Manfiat is to get them to see patterns for themselves. And most of the time, I'll, I'll try and get them to make suggestions for themselves rather than me dictating what they should be doing. Um, similar to you in that regard, for me, I can't prep food at all. If I prep food, I'll eat it. So I, I, I do my food on a day-to-day -day basis. I know prepping food is a big thing within the fitness industry. A lot of people, are and it finally works great for, for tons of people. I think for most people, in fact, me, I can't do it. If I prep food and it's in the fridge, it's on my brain, and at some point I'll go and eat yesterday's or tomorrow's food, then I'll play the rest of the week trying to catch up on my calories and my fitness pal. If I'm in kind of a tracking um, time frame, whether I'm trying to you know lean up for the summer or something, and I'll be playing catch up then. It's like opening Pandora's box for me. So I, something I just stay away from. So you know we've all got our cravings and issues, and I think just being mindful of them and then we can address them once we know what they are, you know. Being honest with ourselves as well, huge That's thing. That's it, brilliant. Hope that helps. Yeah, but from, from what you said there, it's, you've got a, a short period of time between your breakfast and your dinner, mm. and then a longer period of time mm. between your breakfast and your lunch, and then a longer time period of time between your lunch and your dinner, and that's yeah. in that gap there is, is where you, you're feeling that, that dip in energy do you know yeah. another thing that you could try as well is is just sitting with that feeling for a while and just kind of understanding the difference between the craving you're having so if you're you've eaten food two hours before you've got your lunch and you've got this thing in your head that i know my lunch is there i want to have my lunch are you hungry are you not you're not if you're not too sure see if you can sit with that feeling for 10 minutes 10 15 minutes does it pass is your stomach growling um you know do you need that food right now so instead of Something I struggle with massively, something I really struggle with, kind of sitting there and sitting with hunger. I, I just need to go and eat food when I'm hungry. 
but if you can manage to do that and get through it and come out on the other side um, and then you can see for yourself directly what hunger is versus what you think hunger might be you know and then you can identify what the the difference with those two feelings yeah, yeah that's it that's it that's a really good point i think a lot of people don't really uh, realize what actual real hunger mm. feels like particularly, yeah. particularly in modern society we live in the west yeah, what real course, hunger yeah. is your stomach you growling know. doesn't mean that that's not a good indication of hunger that just means your stomach's empty does it mean you're hungry for some people maybe for some people maybe not so much but that's, you know so we're separating those things sitting with those things experiencing them see what they feel like does it pass you know if it does great you know you can sit through that for 10 minutes and it might be for a, a week or two you might have to purposely willfully sit through that feeling for 10-15 minutes to know you're not hungry that could become normal to you then you could get those signals and think oh that's fine my stomach's growling it's empty I don't need food I'm okay I can I can wait till lunch you know potentially I don't know I don't, I don't know how some people do it I mean sometimes I'll, I'll see there's a guy who smokes at work he doesn't eat anything during work well, what do you eat the missus is like that she doesn't eat during the day till she comes home at night time so she'll eat her first meal about seven o'clock in the evening I blows my mind I can't even comprehend how people can function you're during like the day hulk me. you know you're like <laughs> <incredible>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be mind horrible. blowing I'd be absolutely horrible if that was me but uh, that feeling the feeling of hunger uh, particularly people with, with eating disorders um, anorexia and bulimia like people embrace that feeling of hunger and become, mm. can be, actually become addictive yeah to have that feeling yeah. of, wow. of an empty stomach can become, become addictive particularly mm. in eating disorders um, bulimia especially anorexia and people can become addicted to that feeling. I feel so light, and I, that yeah. you know. Whereas other people, probably a lot of people, maybe guys that we do, will probably never really felt that proper feeling mm, yeah. of being actual genuinely hungry. Yeah. Crazy. That's thank you very much. Absolutely amazing. Thanks, sir, uh, for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, hopefully, we'll see you up if you're coming up with the, with the Cardiff lads to Manchester. Yeah, the, there's a few teams heading up there. Um, I'm going to see if I can put a bunch of lads. Anyone who wants to go, we'll try and facilitate as much as possible. Get a big yeah. coach with all of us. And we'll, we'll have a catch up. Roman will be doing. We'll be going around with the uh, the podcast. Talk, yeah, talking to cool. a few people and getting some updates and whatnot. So if you, you see me for a spare five minutes, come grab me because um, I'll, I'll do what I'll try and do. Is I'll, I'll probably have no. If we get any feedback from this one, asking questions like nutrition questions, hit me up and we'll ask you. If they've not already been asked in the forums, yeah. that is, and we'll ask you at, we'll ask you at the um, sure, festival. Yeah, yeah. Happy just to. over a month away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. two months away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, July. That's, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back with episode 26 soon. No idea what it is. We'll just work on the fly, don't we? Uh, well, I think I, I, I get an idea what it could be. It Go could on. be an ice cream taster. Well, yeah, we haven't talked about that. We'll see. That's it. Thanks for listening, guys.